Hello. Today's meditation will be on who are you? I believe this question has been asked of us many times, but also has been asked of Jesus. So how did Jesus answer when people ask, who are you? And how do you answer when people ask you the same question? Who are you? Okay. And we're going to examine from the Gospel of John, which I think is an excellent uh, uh, study gospel because there's so much riches in the Gospel of John. Okay, on who we are. Usually when we people ask, who are you? We define ourselves. How do you define yourself? when you meet somebody for the first time or you've been introduced to somebody for the first time and the person look at you and smile so you feel that you have to introduce yourself so what do you say okay who are you usually do you describe how do you describe yourself you say about oh I, i'm a ceo of ceo of this company or you know, I, I, I have a PhD and I'm, uh, um, I have many master's degree or I, I'm the owner of this big multi-million multinational business or, you know, I'm such a successful person. You see this big house that you are here. That's my house, you know. So we are, we define us by ourselves by what we have achieved. Or we define ourselves by what, how do you think? How do we think that other people think about you? And that's quite interesting because, you know, we always think that we want to behave the way people expect of us. So much so that we, we don't have any expectation ourselves. We sort of mold ourselves into what other people, how do our parents define us as uh, 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 winner as a success or as a failure. Okay, I have actually had parents that describe their children as losers and their children become losers. How do our friends define us? Do our friends define us by who we are or by what they can get out of us? I think one of the problems I have as a doctor is that when a lot of people want to be friends with me you know and I a bit cautious about that because they want most of all they want is my phone number so that in case of emergency or in the middle of the night they need to call somebody they will call me so they define so does that let do I let that define me what do your my enemy says and talk about status quo. How about hanging on? We are defined by what we have and we are hanging on to it desperately. Or what we possess. 
you know what type of car do you ride you know what type of house do you have you know you're living in how many rooms how many toilets now i have a friend who who built a house for all his children so the house has nine bedrooms and nine and about 12 toilets well the children grew up our friend my friend has since retired living in this big great house empty so there's a time your your you're defined by your possession by your title your tansuri your dato about how much you have in the bank let's consider on in the gospel of john who are you jesus we go to john chapter 8 where jesus is actually uh, talking to some of the jews and they were saying they were actually asking in a very indirect way you know we, the, the eastern tradition is all very rarely do we directly confront but we ask in the indirect way who are you okay. and jesus answered yeah your father abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day he saw it and was glad now for the jews abraham was the father and it's very important so he says that abraham saw and was great he said oh yeah we do but jesus he says no i'm not saying that uh, abraham uh, said that i'm saying that i was there when abraham said that you are not yet 50 years old the jews say to him and you have seen abraham i tell you the truth jesus answered before abraham was born i am ego emi you know the word i am ego emi it's a very powerful word okay it's not the usual say i am this i am that but it's the word that when moses was asked you know go and talk to the pharaoh moses says in case he asks, who sent you? Who do I say sent you? Okay. And that's why, at hearing this, they pick up stones to stone him. I mean, normally you say, I am. Do not stone people. People do not want to stone you. But if Jesus used the same word that God said to Moses, tell them, I am sent you. Tell them, ego, and me send you. That is why, you know, when Jesus says, I am, he is saying that I am God, which is blasphemy. So that's why they brought out stones to set, to uh, stone him. But Jesus hid himself, sleeping away from the temple ground. Okay. And, and all this, you know, was in Exodus. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And this is what you say to the Israelite. I am has sent me to you. God also sends, says to Moses, say to Israelite, the Lord, the God of your fathers. Okay, and he was very precise in that. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
And the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. I am. Okay, it's his name. Ego Emi. The name by which I will be remembered from generation to generation. So you see that that's a very powerful word. I am. And further on in the narrative of John, when uh, uh, Judas was uh, going to betray Jesus, and they were there at the Garden of Gethsemane. And the, the Mount of Olives. And they were just resting there. And, you know, in the dark, you know, unless you know who the person is, you cannot identify. So Judas' job was to identify who Jesus is. So Jesus, Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment. Okay? A detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. Now I find that very fascinating that when Judas led the chief priests and Pharisees, okay, which I assume they will bring the temple guards with them, they're well armed. Okay. And then they were guiding a detachment or cohort or soldiers. Now that is very interesting. You need how many people do you need to arrest one person? How I mean, you have Jesus who is supposed to be just uh, uh, somebody who, who they need to grab hold. And he doesn't have an army. Why do you need all the temple guards, the priests, and about one cohort, which is 600 soldiers? Now, we are talking about Roman legionaries, legionaries here. These are Roman soldiers. And Palestine at that time, or Judea, was regarded as a rest place. Okay. When they, the legionaries will fight in Gaul, in Britannia, and then they, after about a year, they will rotate back to rest for a, a few months. And then they go back to the front. And the place that picked for them to rest is Judea. So the soldiers uh, posted to Jerusalem are not the weak ones. They are the strong, better, uh, hardened veterans. And you need 600 of them to arrest Jesus. Which is, I was thinking, very curious about that. And Jesus, knowing what all that is going to happen to him, went out and asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, this reply. Ego emi, Jesus said. When Jesus says, ego emi, they drew back and fell to the ground. Okay. And when Jesus says, I am, he's not using the I am Jesus, he's using I'm God. And all those veterans, all those uh, tough soldiers all fell to the ground. Can you imagine the impact of that word alone? So you want to know who Jesus is? That is who Jesus is. The I am. 
Jesus is the revelation of God and one with God. And if we study the Gospel of John, and I have been studying the Gospel of John, and I love it, and we, it's, uh, for the last five years I've been doing that, and I still haven't uh, completed my study of the Gospel of John. There are seven miracles and seven I am statements. Okay. The seven miracles in John, the first one is water in the wine. Okay. Where you can bring a dead religion that is dry and plain and convert it into a living, life-giving, energizing religion. Okay. Where the healing of the official son talks about faith. Faith that will bring healing. The healing at the pool of Bethesda actually talks about we do not need to do that much. It's all by grace alone. We can do. But it's God who is by His grace works in us and through us. The feeding of 5,000 talks about supernatural provision of all our needs. Walking on water talks about the overcoming, the supernatural ability of God to work in our, our life here and now. Healing of a man born blind talks about giving us spiritual sights and raising Lazarus from the dead. It talks about giving us eternal life. So this is what the seven miracles are. They are signs and lessons for us on what the Gospel of John is all about. And there are also seven I am statements in the Gospel of John, which is very significant. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes will never go thirsty. I am the light of the world. Okay. Ego emi, light of the world. Who follows me will never work in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the gate. He who will come and go out will find pasture. Who enters through me will be safe. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes and believes in me will never die. I am the truth, the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the wine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So again, you can see that in the Gospel of John are a lot of object lessons. Many is the kingdom of God is here now. And how do we live in the kingdom of God? So who is Jesus? And basically, we know 
probably none of you ask. I ask the question, who are you? You, I am what I achieved to life with Christ Jesus. I am. Okay? He's talking about us personally. It's what I achieved to life with Christ. Because the psalmist has said it very clearly, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand guard watch in vain. So who are you? I am what I achieved to life in Christ. So we talk about living a life in Christ. And we are all very aware of the delusions of modern life. That's why when we beginning in the introduction, I talk about how do we define ourselves by our success, our achievements, our uh, possessions. And that's all the delusion of the modern life. That says that, you know, if you buy this brand of uh, toothpaste, you will see your teeth will shine brighter, you know, and uh, you know, now, now it's uh, not so bad because we all wear masks, but you know, if you use this brand of uh, uh, mouthwash, okay, your breath will smell better. Okay, so so if you buy this car, you know, and you you feel better, you know, and if you buy this iPhone, you know, you, uh, you will communicate better. So this is a delusion of modern life. What is the essential? Okay, that you achieve your life with Jesus. That means you live your life with Jesus. And the second point is that I am what Jesus says about me. Okay. It's not important what other people think about you. Yeah, I think we, we, we think that it's important. But let me tell you about the secret. Most of the time, people don't think about you at all. People just think about themselves. But we live our life according to what we think people think about us. Which is not too smart, but that's how we live. More important is that, who are you when people are watching? You know, we, we tend to behave in a certain way and do certain things. And when people are watching, but when people are not watching, you are alone in your house, okay? You're alone in your room, alone in the bathroom, who are you when no one is watching? I think that is the most powerful statement and the most powerful uh, self that you are. Who are you when no one is watching? Okay. Frank Laubach, okay, he's a Christian missionary. He's also called an apostle to the illiterates because what he did was when he was in 1915, okay, he started this Ish One Teach One literary program. In other words, he started a very easy way to teach people to read and write. And because of that, about now more than 60 million people, but more than that, you know. So he did a lot of uh, good, a lot of art uh, uh, in his literacy program. But what I admire about Laubach is that he wants to be close to God. He feel that, you know, it's, 
he believed that it's possible to do two things at one time. Okay, that's why he, he sort of invented multitasking even in that time. He believed that even in his busy life, he can still spend time with God at the same time, multitasking. So he set himself to write to to while he was doing something, he think about God. Okay, so when he's doing something, he will write something about God. He will do a whisper prayer and he will commune with God. That's why some people call him a mystic. Okay. And what he had achieved, he began to write down in his diary. And that when he was doing this, he was thinking of this about God. And he, he made it possible. If you read his diary, which is actually fantastic. Talk about how he can be in the presence of God while doing his everyday things. I think that's what we need to do. Who are you? Who are you in God's presence when nobody is looking? Matthew 25 talks about when the Son of God comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on His throne and all the nations will come before Him and He will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Now, I think that is, this is one of the most scary words. Okay. I, 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 I see in the Bible. Then the king will say to this on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I need clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And the righteous says, or the sheep says, When, when did you... We, when did we feed you? When did we give you drink? When did we befriend you? The king will say, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he said to the leaf, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was stranger and you didn't invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. And these are the goats, so-called goats, because it says, Lord, when did we see you hungry? I mean, if I can see you hungry, I will feed you. Yeah, I see Jesus hungry, I will give him a drink. And he will, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you do not do for me. So, are we sheep or goat? Okay, I hope that we are all sheep. 
And the third and final point I want to make is that, who are you? I am steward of God's possession. That means what God has blessed us with, no matter a lot or little, we are stewards. And this parable is actually very familiar to us. Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. I found like a man going on a journey who calls his servant and entrusts to them his property. Okay, we know the story very well. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to one to each according to his ability. Okay, so you know uh, what happened? That those, the one who was given more, uh, invest, okay, one fixed deposit, and one hide it. To at verse 9, for to everyone who has more will be given. Who has will more be given and he will have an, an abundance. But from the one who has not even what he has will be taken away. We, who we are, we are God's stewards of God's are things that things we possess on earth is not ours, it's God's. So, no, I just want to think about some of the questions God may ask us about the possession He gave us in heaven. When we meet God, you know, we have a, a lot of time for conversation. Now, God won't ask what kind of car you drove. I don't think God is interested in what brand uh, or car you buy. You ask how many people you drove who didn't have transportation. That's quite interesting. God won't ask what your highest salary is. You ask if you compromise your character to obtain it. God won't ask what your job title is, but He will ask you if you perform your job to the best of your ability. There is no cutting corners, integrity, honesty. God won't ask the square footage of your house, how many square meters and all that. He will ask how many people you have welcomed into your home. God won't ask about the clothes you have in your closet. Okay, I don't think he's just that interested in fashion. But he'll ask, how many have you helped to clothe? And God won't ask how many friends do you have, you know, how, how, how popular you are, you know, on Facebook and uh, Instagram, or how many uh, people are following you. He'll ask how many people to whom you were a friend. How many people to whom you are a friend. And you won't ask what neighborhood you live in, you know, whether it's a, a high-end gated community. But you ask how you treat your neighbors. Were you kind when they're in trouble? Or will you be there? Um, maybe cook something or buy something, order something. Okay, pray for them. 
and God will ask you about your spiritual formation. That in your time on earth, how is your spiritual growth? How is your discipleship? How's your community involvement? And how's your involvement in mission? These are things I think God will ask about. So we are talking about kingdom living. So basically, I am what I achieve to life with Christ. Who are you? Okay, I am what I achieve to life with Christ. I am what Jesus says about me. And I am steward of God's possession. So it's not the way of Christian living. It's actually counterculture. But it plays that we are here for a reason. And until the Lord calls us home, let's live a life. And when people ask, who are we? We are living <clears throat> life with Jesus. Okay. You're interested in what Jesus says about us. And we are God's stewards. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for this time of sharing, of this time of meditating on I am. Okay. We know that you are God. And we also know that we are here and we need you. Help us to live through the Gospel of John and apply all this in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening and God bless you.